Welcome to the Hobby of a Lifestyle podcast, a show that looks at how our passions impact lives and drive career choices. I'm Andy Gray, a former national and world champion kickboxer. During my shows, I'll be talking with athletes, coaches, fans and more as I delve into their world to find out what inspired them on their journey. Welcome to another episode of Hobby of a Lifestyle. Today I'm joined by the super talented Heckler Goodman, singer-songwriter for the band Kazma, former Icelandic youth international football player. Let's take a listen to her journey. Enjoy. Morning Heckler, thank you very much for coming on the show today. How are you? I'm good. You? I'm good, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to getting into the thick of this interview and find out a little bit more about your journey over here to Europe. Heckler, whereabouts in the US are you from? Central Valley in California. I kind of moved around a bit when I was younger. So I was born in a small town called Visalia. Um, We moved to Southern California, to Orange County. Uh, And then I spent half of my childhood growing up in a small town called Clovis, really rural agricultural area. Um, But yeah, a good place to raise kids and super sports focused. There were a lot of baseball players and football players. Uh, that became oh. professional that came from our area. Oh, come on. Name drop. Name drop. <laughs> oh, I don't I can't remember. <laughs> oh. uh, but, like, uh, Boston Red Sox players would move back wow. to Clovis. Um, a couple of the guys I grew up playing with uh, went on to play for Stanford on their football team and then um, played for the Broncos. Denver Broncos, I believe. So. Fantastic. So... Yeah. You started off in America, and mm-hmm. what was what was your sport of choice when you were, you were over in America? Yeah, I think uh, my parents realized early on that I had a lot of energy, uh, and the only way to get that out was to let me run around a bit. So my friend was playing soccer at the time, or football. Um, so I got into that, and I just fell in love with it, and, and that, that's kind of where you would find me most days of the week was on the pitch. Wow, and did you play for any, any teams when you were out there in America? Um, yeah, so I played, um, I played club soccer, um, and kind of went up through the ranks. We were nationally ranked, uh, played a lot of national, uh, national tournaments, um, in the States. And then I went on to play college soccer. Um, and this whole time I kind of would fly in between Iceland and California, um, to be, to be looked at for scouts on the international team. So the Iceland national team. Um, as well as playing on a, in their league over there. All right, and can um, you just tell listeners how you qualify for the Iceland team? Yeah, so my mom is Icelandic, uh, and I've got a dual citizenship. Um, I kind of sit in this no man's land between not being so American and not being so Icelandic. So <laughs> uh, every time I would go to Iceland, they'd be like, there's the American girl, and didn't really know why I could be on the national team or playing. Right. Uh, over there and then I'd come back to America and they'd be like isn't that the Icelandic girl so it's just always confusing for everyone that's fantastic which college did you go to I went to a small uh, private university called William Jessup okay and what did you study branded huh what did you study out there uh, I studied business marketing Wow. Um, yeah and I got a minor in theology because that was kind of a requirement of the private school there okay so did you get a scholarship for university yeah, so um, I would have gotten a full ride for, for football, but um, I also have a brain as well. 
um, opposed to most popular belief of, of uh, athletes. <laughs> uh, so I got, I ended up getting, my package was partial football, partial um, academic. Wow. Um, so yeah, it was, it was kind of like always these two paths that I was establishing for myself. And I really wanted to be good in the classroom just to make sure that my future was kind of sorted after football as well. Wow. So at college, you played football. Was there any scouting from any of the professional teams over in, in the US or over in the Europe at the time? Um, I think my path, because I played for NAIA school and that was kind of a requirement um, to be able to play internationally as well because if I didn't do that then I would be breaking NCAA rules if I went to a D1 or whatever college okay um so that was my intention with that I was being scouted for people like Columbia University and just decided that wasn't the path for me really uh especially knowing that eventually I wanted to live abroad I kind of wanted to spend some more time in California to be closer to my family um so there wasn't much of my intention to be in the States, uh, if, I'm, if I'm actually honest. Um, there were a couple of semi-pro teams that were looking at me to play in the off-season during the right. summer, but I wasn't so interested because I was trying to get to Iceland as much as possible. Wow. So you, were, you mentioned Iceland quite a lot. So you're capped by Iceland. And is that at yeah. youth level or is that at senior level? Yeah, that's... For the youth team, so I've got two wow. caps for the youth team. Um, I did uh, UEFA, the, played in the UEFA Cup in Israel with them. Wow. And I've done a series of camps with the national team, was being looked at for the A, the A team as well, played with all of those girls. Um, and that's kind of where I guess my journey ended because I didn't see, uh, well, to be honest, I kind of fell out of love with it after, after university, okay. but I was playing played two years in the league um, for, for two different teams. Uh, for Stjernan, which is quite well known because they've got really good goal celebrations. You might have seen them on YouTube, the men's I team. I know exactly which one you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're wow. quite fun guys. <laughs> I, yeah, I can imagine. I wonder, <laughs> which, do they actually I mean, do any training or do they just work on celebrations all week? <laughs> I mean, if you watch the Icelandic football teams, you would realize that they don't do much training. They just park in the back you know everything <laughs> yeah, to happen if you've seen any games i have seen games because didn't they uh, <laughs> didn't they knock england out of the the world cup yeah yeah that was quite a um a disruption quite quite a, so, quite a sore subject that's what that one is i was uh, i think i was actually watching in newcastle that game oh so you just double rubbed salt in the wounds is that what it was all about yeah my, my brother was actually visiting as well and we like once Iceland scored we just kind of jumped up and screamed and everybody looked at us yeah. and we were like, oh my god we've got to keep it together it's a good job Newcastle's the friendliest city in the world isn't it <laughs> I know. Oh, oh. Contra <laughs> contrary to popular belief yeah um so you said that you you've played internationally for Iceland at youth level what position yeah. did you play by the way uh, it just kind of depended on on the coach that I had. I was uh, center mid, left mid, and striker. Okay. Which I enjoyed playing striker the most. Yeah, everyone likes scoring And that's goals. probably where I sat. <laughs> yeah, but I guess I, I'm really short. I don't know if you remember how short I was, but um, I'm I, quite I sneaky. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. So I was always in the right place at the right time. Um, and that's kind of why I think that 
that I, I enjoyed striker the most. And let's be honest, you just like playing striker, so you could come up with some of those brilliant celebrations. <laughs> there was a lot of celebrating. Uh, you, you heard it here first, folks. Heckler actually is the the main instigator of the famous celebrations that you see now go viral around the world. <laughs> yeah, the who was definitely my idea. Not that one yet. You heard it here, folks. Copyrighted. Yeah. If you want to use it, you've got to get in touch with Heckler Goodman. <laughs> Thanks. Just contact my agent. Yeah, she doesn't charge a lot. I love that. <laughs> so why exactly did you fall out with football or soccer? Um, there was always a struggle. Uh, I didn't really get to celebrate football ever uh, because I would come back to America. A lot of the girls that I played with, and sorry if anybody's listening, it felt like there was a lot of jealousy. I only knew one other international footballer at the time that came from like my area and that I was around now now that we're a little older some of the girls that I did grow up playing with are now have now been on the USA national team or girls that I played with abroad are on that national team as well um and the I, I guess the league had been disbanded in America and there wasn't like nobody it felt like nobody cared really so it just became this narrative that I didn't talk about. I'll pursue my goals till, till dead, dead end, I guess. Um, and I had a conversation with my manager in Iceland when I was on the national team. And she was like, you know, if you really want a career in this, you've got what it takes and I can help you connect, connect make the connects. Um, and I thought at the end of my college career, because my university team wasn't very good, um, yeah, we did win a lot of titles, but it just wasn't at the level that I liked. And it was kind of like me just playing five aside, really. Right, yeah. Uh, and there was a lot of politics with my coach. And so I just decided, you know what? I'm tired of trying to prove myself to everybody. Yeah. I might as well do something that I can be remunerated for um, and actually celebrate. If yeah, that no. no, that's great. So you've finished university you've fell out of love with with football so you were obviously yeah. very good at um how how did you make your I way mean, calm it down <laughs> i wasn't the best in the world I, I, to be honest if you've got international caps you've obviously been a very good player yeah i don't yeah. don't care if it's one cap you know it's you've played at international level at the end, at the end of the day and how many people can say they've done that yeah, not a lot so i think i think it's very good but you've stopped playing football you finished university and you've already talked a lot about wanting to leave America and you're obviously in mm -hmm. Europe now and I met you in Newcastle so mm -hmm. what brought you over to Europe and what started the journey over here I know you obviously you went Iceland a lot anyway but what what inspired you to continue the journey of of exploring Europe I suppose yeah definitely I think for me it was like what's next I, I, I don't want to stay in California get you know, a dead end job or something like that. There wasn't a lot, a lot of jobs going, I think at the moment anyway. And so I was like, how, how can I get abroad? Um, I really I like academia. I can see myself being a professor. So that immediately became my next like North star. Um, I got into a pretty well-renowned university called Uppsala university. Um, study for my master's in digital media and society. It was this new program that they were guinea pigging. Um, and I was like, okay, if I want a career in research, this is the next best thing because Sweden is well known for that. Uh, so, and I was like, yes, this is going to be great. We're going to change the world with our research. That was not the case. 
<laughs> and I quickly learned that the world of research was too slow for me. Um, so, so I was like, okay, well, what else can I do? So I started working for tech startups on the side uh, okay. while studying. Um, and, but this program was really good. I'm not knocking it at all. I think it just wasn't what I expected. You know, like they were bring a double barrel masters and uh, connections into the world of research and you could, you know, travel the world, um, do lectures. And that was cool. Uh, so I started working for a tech company in, at, based out of London, traveling back and forth. And I got us some funding to go uh, into an accelerator program. And that's kind of when I got over to Newcastle. I joined them there and started living there uh, while studying as well. Um, and I just met this whole ecosystem of entrepreneurs. And I was like, oh, my God, I see some of myself in these people because they're so proactive. They're relentless, they're driven, um, and I really admired that. So I just kind of got stuck in and met loads of people. Fantastic. And you're obviously now down in London. Yeah. So what are you doing in London? Tell us all about it. <laughs> uh, I think you'll find, like, through my story, I've always got these parallel lives, so it'll be, like, something that makes me money and something I'm passionate about, right? Yeah. Uh, so now I'm living in London. I work for Big Issue Invest, which is a social investor. Um, and I head up early stage investments. So I just go around the UK looking for really good people that are trying to reinvest um, all of their time, all of their commitment into their community. Um, and that often looks like location-based programs or mini accelerators where we provide mentorship through corporate programs. Um, and also funding at the end of it. Uh, and that's been uh, a real learning curve, uh, but I've actually kind of found this niche of finance that I really love because I was always really wanting to be involved with philanthropy. Um, and I've realized that taking money from, not the rich to give it to the poor, I guess that's a horrible way to say it, yeah. but taking money from the powers that be and giving it to people that are like you and me who just wanna, um, uh, spread some positivity and and that's what I get to do on a daily basis. So Heckler Robin Hood Goodman. It's <laughs> fine. And that's catchy. I like it's catchy. I think I might actually title the episode Heckler Robin Hood Goodman. <laughs> I'm gonna it's done. That's, that's what's awesome. gonna do. That's what we're gonna do. do. That's fantastic. Okay, so Heckler, I, I've realized that you are not one for some kind of shouting from the rooftops how good you are at things because I must admit before we spoke just until just recently, I had no idea that you had played football at such a high level. <laughs> you had to Even, find out from Kyla. <laughs> I had to find out from Kyla. And for those who don't know, Kyla was the first guest on uh, Hobby of a Lifestyle. Mm. And, but what else, what's your passion? Because you talked about having a job and a passion. So why don't you mm. plug away and tell everyone what your passion is? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm a singer-songwriter uh, and I'm in a band called Casma. Um, who now has international profile, which is really cool. Uh, we got together because we were writing for a small label based out of Australia uh, and trying to help nurture this young German singer. Um, and we kind of met for this writing workshop. I ended up writing a song. She couldn't sing it. So we're like, okay, great. Let's lay down the track and then we'll just sell it to a label and try to do whatever we can with it. And I met these two guys who were producers uh, and we just kind of got on like a house on fire 
Um, we ended up writing a, another song in 15 minutes of like me driving to their mini studio. Um, and yeah, it was just kind of this great match. I'd never felt anything like it before. We, we got on super well. It felt like we knew each other forever, really. Um, so we were like, where can this go, really? And uh, just kept writing songs and then got commissioned to write an international theme song for a sporting event in, uh, in Switzerland. Can you name the sporting event or are you not allowed? Yeah, it's called ETF Turnfest. Wow. Um, it's based out of Ara, which is a, a city in, in Switzerland. Um, and it was, yeah, the song, the theme song called Move the World was all over the radio and TV for promotional purposes. Uh, wow. We released another song called Wildfire, which is still playing on the radio today about six or seven times in rotation. Wow. Um, yeah, we're releasing an album. Fantastic. To be determined when the date of release is because of coronavirus. But um, yeah, it's really exciting. It's very exciting for guys who haven't heard Kazma. You need to definitely go and check them out. I'm going to put a link in the notes on today's oh, episode thanks. because it's absolutely brilliant. I might, if I'm allowed, even put a little clip in somewhere in this episode. Yeah. Because it's, um, it's absolutely fantastic. You guys will love it. I know I use it in the gym a lot with my clients. <laughs> and they're always like... <laughs> really getting onto it and I'm like oh yeah this is heckler you know she's in a band called Casma. you need to go and check it out so i do really like you'd be surprised you'd be surprised how many workout videos that we've been in and people have sent us i actually had a few friends that are um fitness instructors in like new york and california and stuff and they would be like hey you're on our playlist today we're gonna be like biking to move the world or whatever Do you see your passion becoming your full-time career or are you still wanting to keep it as a passion and stay within the financial sector? Yeah, see, this is what I don't know because once when I gave my passion 100%, it kind of fell short and that's where I fell out of love with it when it became like work. Of course. Um, so I'm kind of at this crux point and I know that I would love to do music full-time, but I think I would lose that part of me that because I'm a songwriter and I'm highly emotional inside, um, I get to see different things and that's what inspires my music. So it's, I don't know, it's to be, to be determined, I guess. And, and I guess I'll just decide when the, when the right time comes. But yeah, I mean, the goal is to do full-time music, but I don't know now. <laughs> yeah, not at the moment. The, guy, the guys are doing full-time music. I'm just right. the one that holding on to my life here i love that i love that and what what the guys up to at the moment because i know you said they're, they're based in switzerland is that right yeah so what, what are yeah, they doing so at the moment during covid because obviously you guys are, are very much separated and unable to travel so you're still keeping <laughs> in contact are you still keeping in touch yeah it's like my whole life is like in long distance relationships it's crazy um so they live in a town outside of zurich like a small town that's accessible by train or whatever. Uh, and Switzerland is a civil service. I don't know if you know about it, but which means that every year they have to serve for like, I think it's six to 12 weeks, depending wow. on the project you're working on. Okay. Um, and so they've been working on a, a quarantine facility 
um, and also acting as security guards wow. for that facility. Um, so it's kind of put all of the production of our album on hold. I've recorded everything that I need to do, um, which is cool, but then we've got to have the other side as well. Um, so they've just been released. Uh, we had a meeting last week and it looks like we're moving forward with the album. Our mixer and master are in LA who was working on, can I say it? You can say, well, yeah, for me, you can, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Tom Morris, he's a great guy. He was working on our album. Um, he was working with Lady Gaga, which kind of took precedent, unfortunately. Unfortunately. But now he's all <laughs> but now yours. He's ready. <laughs> now all he's yours all now. So we'll be able to send him tracks and, and get the album all put together. So hopefully in the next, we're, we're releasing a, a single first called Out of My Mind. Okay. Um, we've, we've realized that our songs are really related to what's going on in the world. Um, yeah. So just hoping that Out of My Mind doesn't cause even more chaos. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, because Wildfire was released right at the time Australia was going through Wildfire as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then Digital Love started at the, like, right before lockdown or at the beginning of lockdown. That's right. Yes, it did. <laughs> so it's just, it's like one thing after another. It's almost like you've predicted the future. I know. Wrote yep. those songs and then released them just as it was called. Kind of <laughs> Mind blown. Mind blown. Um, so what's, I suppose we, we look at what's, you've got so many different sort of things going on in your life with regards to academia, sport and music. Mm. Can you pick one highlight from each? Yeah, why not? Um, the highlight for me in football was just what I acquired in terms of character skills, I guess, mm -hmm. it, you know, meeting people um, internationally and being able to communicate on a different level um, and realizing the differences between the two, being hardworking and pursuing something to your very wit's end. And I think, like I told you before, that kind of undergirds everything in my life and is yeah. really helps me excel in different areas. Um, from academia, I would say that I learned a lot of communication theory and about the way people work. Um, and I think that helps me, one, in my day-to-day -day life, two, in observing what's going on in the world around me, and three, like, um, trying to pick apart the media, because it's not always what you think it is. Yeah, of course. Um, and just kind of being, like, a, not being one of, how do you say it? Not being one of the many, but being somebody that looks at things and articulates them differently. Yeah. Um, or contextualizes them differently and, and sees an agenda, I guess, behind everything. And then um, in business, uh, I would say the best thing that has come out of it, um, for me, it's always the people. I love meeting people. I love seeing what they're about, um, how they've gotten to where they are. Um, and as long as I can keep, I always talk about keeping the main thing the main thing. If people are the main thing, for me, always, I think everything else kind of falls underneath that, you know. Um, yeah, it's funny you should say that because I'm just I'm doing a personal statement for a master's degree at the moment, oh, right. and mm -hmm. it's around sports management. And I very oh, much, wow. and I think from my experience, when it comes to because mm -hmm. I think one of the modules in there is sport marketing and 
in all yeah. those things. And I honestly think that people, it doesn't matter what's on your uniform, what badge is there, people buy people yeah. and not necessarily the badge. Yes, yeah. the, the badge or whatnot might hold credibility and might open some doors for you, mm-hmm. but actually it's the person that the people buy rather than the brand all the time. Um, yeah. I've certainly found that. So I, it's nice to hear that from what you're saying about, you know, it's the people rather than the, maybe it's the projects they're running. It's actually the people and dedication they're showing. To yeah, exactly. Better within the community. People, people do business with people. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from if you're kind and benevolent and and looking for the good in humanity i think you'll be okay yeah definitely i totally agree and what about your career high in music my career high in music uh definitely the um etf event we did so much promotion uh so thankful for the guys for like enabling me to be a part of this because obviously i'm not swiss yeah (laughs) i'm american a conversation kind of like in football how I wasn't exactly Icelandic uh I'm not exactly Swiss and they they were like oh should we let let her sing this song that she wrote blah 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 should we let her do the event and all of that on tv and um and yeah so it's I think being able to have that platform that they gave us I think is a really cool thing oh it's absolutely fantastic doing writing holidays like we went to Lisbon and wrote songs and Oh, it must be horrible. <laughs> it was so hot. Oh, it was oh, so hot. Yeah, so, oh, so hot. It was horrible. I had to go to Lisbon to write some songs. And I hated it. Uh, yeah, and, and she hated it. Listener, she hated it. She's lying. She's lying. She absolutely yeah. loved it. I've I, I seen the social media post. If that was hating something, then you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll write a song in Lisbon anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it won't be as it won't be as good, but I'll write one. Prisoner of Lisbon. <laughs> catchy title, catchy title. That yeah. could also be the title of this episode, Prisoner oh of Lisbon. <laughs> Look at us go! I know, hey, so creative, so creative. I'm loving it. Um, do you have? I'm not a massive one. I said this in the first episode. I'm not a massive one at focusing on regrets, but maybe is, is there anything mm. in throughout sort of your journey that if you could change, you would change, or something that you've done that you, you maybe do regret? I, I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I did make a mistake with the press kind of early on because when I was younger uh, in high school, at like the age of 17, uh, you're being interviewed by a lot of people for like local news and stuff like that. And one time I said something about the town, the hometown that I was from wanting to get out of there as soon as possible and he kind of like mixed up my words and um so I learned from a very young age (laughs) to to not hate on anything (laughs) which I do you know obviously uh and then also I think one of my biggest regrets is probably letting football go too early um I had the opportunity if I wanted to uh because my national team coach was going to connect me to a team in Uppsala called Sirius um, and he was like, why don't you just try out for that? Like, just try, just go out and play with them. And I was like, I'm not good, you know? Um, and I wish I didn't let my pride kind of get in the way because I probably could have fell in love with it again, who knows? Yeah. Um, here we are. Well, this is it, yeah. It's one of those. <laughs> I just, I love the fact that at 17 years of age at college and whatnot over in America or at school, you're talking to the press. It just, 
the, it's two young men. It's it is, but it also just shows the difference between the UK and America when yeah, it comes to sport. Sure. Um, yeah. I I think personally we are really bad at sport in the UK. Yeah. Uh, I just think you know you watch things and you see college football over in America, yeah. college soccer, college basketball, and and they're filling stadiums for this sort of thing. Yeah, and, and we struggle no, to have there's... anything like that. Yeah, because of the collegiate system kids are striving they're like machines like you're striving as much as possible to get an athletic scholarship to go to college because in the states academia is worth so much even though you know it's just this piece of paper it like opens so many doors for you and that's still the stipulation behind it whereas here you're like oh get some work experience to go take a gap year you know enjoy life um whereas there we're just like programmed that we kind of need the college to give us the status. So yeah. sports is everything. If that's your like, if that's your goal to get into college, you have to pour everything into that. Cause maybe you don't come from a great socioeconomic background or yeah. whatever. And your parents have invested so much into you at this point that you kind of owe it to them to make something of it. Of course. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. it is. I, I always find it very interesting. Even when we were kickboxing, you'd see the difference from the North Americans to yeah. a lot of Europe and it's all very, you know, I think it's a very English thing to be, to not sell yourself. I think for English are very just, yeah, yeah, I'm okay at this art. Yes, whereas I always find <laughs> I've that. I've noticed that. It is, and I always find that the North Americans are always very yeah. much, if they're good at something, they're going to tell you they're good at it. Yeah. But, and yeah. I, I personally yeah. like that. I think if you're good at something, then you should, everything in life is a competition for me personally. Even, yeah. if, it, even yeah. if that's going for a job, there's somebody going to yeah. get that job, so somebody's going to win. Um, yeah so why not give the best account of yourself rather than being shy and saying oh no i'm okay at this or i'm not very good at that just if yeah. you're good at something, just tell someone and justify it just tell somebody yeah. yeah i think i've been really horrible at telling people that i'm good at things but i'm i'm probably the loudest person in the room so even if you don't know what i've done you'll know i'm there yeah. uh really like making friends so i think that's probably helped me through every career that i've ever had um yeah. Being hurt. I, I get, I, I, it's you, horrible, you, but it's like been my best asset. I don't know how. But you said earlier again, it's people are people are people, and people like yeah. people, and so yeah, it is a funny one. And I just wish I know some of the young people that I've worked with over the years. It is trying to get them to express themselves and, and say, "Well, what are you good at? If you're good at it, just justify it. It's not mm-hmm. arrogance. Yeah, you know, it's confidence and arrogance are sometimes." different things i think yeah very two different and i I actually don't mind arrogance i quite like arrogance Mm -hmm. if it can be justified (laughs) if you're good if you're good yeah if you can justify it and be that arrogant then is it really arrogance yeah for me me, no it's not um (laughs) but i do i just think it's an interesting one watching how the north americans go on especially around sport to us Mm -hmm. in the uk and i know the uk still do very good in sporting events but i just think with a change of mentality it could be it could be even better Mm-hmm. that's that's another another that's another show <laughs> that's another podcast yeah 100 100 percent oh it's been absolutely fantastic having you on today heckler thank you so oh, much it's for been great chatting with you oh you too as well thank you so much for coming on and i wish you all the best with casma moving forward and we can't wait for the release of the album so you'll have to keep us keep us posted for yeah, when that's coming stay, out stay updated stay tuned on all your social media and stuff because it will be dropping in the next couple of months so fantastic excited about that maybe a tour coming up so oh wow really what yeah. european 
you case? Uh, probably first, yeah. Wow. Oh, well, and then guys. we've got to go out of Germany. We've got a huge, a huge random audience in Germany. Thank you so much for coming on this morning. Thanks, Andy. Thank Thanks you for so your much. time. And I will cool. speak to you soon. We'll chat later. Thank you for listening to another episode of Hobby of a Lifestyle. I hope you've enjoyed the show and we look forward to seeing you soon. Stay safe.